0: Good morning and welcome to another edition of Money Wise with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide. Thanks for making us part of your morning. The mission
1: of USA Wealth is to help you protect your family and protect your money. And now please
0: welcome your host, Ray Lance. Good Saturday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening this weekend. We welcome you every week to another edition of Money Wise. We broadcast both on Saturday and on Sunday and thank you so much for listening. Our mission at USA Wealth Group is very simple. We like to show you how you can protect your family, most important, and we like to show you how you can protect your money. Our topic today is, I think, something that will be of great interest to virtually anybody listening. We're going to be talking about healthy living habits and also a little bit about healthy money habits. But mostly we're going to be talking about healthy living habits because we have a very special guest with us this morning, we have to, Dr. James Freitas. Uh, Jim, my friend, is a doctor of chiropractic. He's located in Dartmouth, Mass., at 33 State Road, uh, in between Not Your Average Joe's and Shaw's Supermarket uh, is his location. And uh, first of all, I'd like to say a warm welcome. Good morning, Jim.
1: Well, thank you, Ray. Thank you for having me today.
0: I'd like to tell everybody a little bit about your background, uh, Jim, Jim is a graduate of Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. Uh, after graduation, he also completed more than 800 hours of postgraduate study in the field of neurology. He's very experienced in several of very uh, significant areas that impact all of our lives. First of all, the alignment of your spine and the alignment of your skeletal structure, And I think probably chiropractors work on more than just bones. Do you work on muscles also? I don't have enough information about what you actually do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Part of rehabilitating the spine, and actually a a very large part, is rehabilitating the muscles that support the spine. If you don't do that, you will not have a, a stable structure. So everyone that comes through my office uh, undergoes uh, spinal uh, strength uh, rehabilitation, uh, muscle, uh, muscle uh, strengthening. I,
0: I would imagine that almost everybody listening today at some point or another has had problems with their joints, their bones, their spine. And I think it's something that affects almost everybody universally. And people don't think often about going to a chiropractor, but I suspect that they should and get checked out.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. We live in a, a, a different age. Uh, from the time I started back 27 years ago, I see a major difference in the rigidity in, in people's spines. And I think a lot of that has to do with the diet of today. Uh, so, as I practice and I practice chiropractic, I also see that there's a great need in trying to educate people about their diet and what the Standard American Diet, SAD, the Ackerman is uh, doing to us.
0: SAD is Standard American Diet. I guess it's also a pretty sad subject, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk not only about uh, spine and and things that chiropractors typically do, but we're also going to be talking about something very important that you're doing, which is called Chasing Weight Loss and Optimal Health. And as you mentioned, our diet impacts every one of us. So I'd like to, first of all, invite everyone to stay tuned and listen to what we're talking about today, because we're going to be talking about your diet as well. And Jim, I'll mention to the folks listening today that even this past week, I've lost five pounds by listening to some of the recommendations and advice that you have given me. So let's, first of all, tell people again that you're located at 33 State Road in Dartmouth. And if somebody wants to reach you, what is your telephone number.
1: My uh, my office number is 508-996-4138.
0: And we'll repeat that number throughout the show. But ladies and gentlemen, if you have issues with your back, your spine, your neck, your joints, your muscles in general, don't overlook the fact that a good chiropractor can be a very important service for you in helping you through your ailments. But, you know, Jim, this morning we want to talk about weight loss, and we want to talk about the American diet. We're going to be talking about gluten and what is gluten and what does it mean to be gluten-free. We're going to be talking about sugar, which is a major problem in our diet, probiotics and prebiotics. We're going to talk about fish oil and omega-3 oils, saturated fats, what kind of butter should people be eating, coconut oil, carbohydrates, and Alzheimer's. How many people listening, I wonder, are concerned about having mental issues as you get older, and the impact of carbohydrates on Alzheimer's. We're going to be talking about cholesterol, good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, and pesticides and carbohydrates. And wow, I'm tired, so I need to listen to some of your advice, Jim. Let's talk <laughs> I've, about I've got the American diet, don't I? Yeah, let's talk about the American diet. You know, you've introduced me to a couple of very good books. One is called Wheat Belly. So let's go right into talking about grains and the American diet. What's wrong with the American diet, first of all, today?
1: The problem is is that we are consuming more grains than we ever have in uh, in history. The other issue is that grains were majorly altered in the nineteen fifties, and we're just going to talk about wheat. Um, uh, only here, but you're talking about oats, corn, uh, rye, all sorts of uh, different grains.
0: Is this basically genetic modifications that we're talking about?
1: Well, it was actually crossbreeding of, of grasses is, is what it was. And uh, what happened in the 1950s, there was a gentleman, Dr. Norman Borlaug, And Borlaug did the crossbreeding of wheat. If we go back in time um, into the 50s, wheat had 14 chromosomes. Today, it's 42. It's a major, major difference in change of what we uh, have eaten just in the last 50, uh, 60 years.
0: Now, uh, why was this crossbreeding done? Was it done to try to increase productivity?
1: Absolutely. It It was done to increase yield. And if we look at wheat back in the 50s, it was about four feet tall. By the 1960s, it was a a foot and a half tall with roughly about 10 times the yield. But with that came a great increase in the amount of gluten, the uh, the protein portion of wheat, and a tremendous increase in carbohydrates, obviously the the sugar component of wheat.
0: So in real simple terms, what we're saying is that the wheat that our grandparents ate, the grains that our grandparents ate, is not the same stuff that we're eating today.
1: Uh, Actually, the wheat that you and I ate in our youth is not the same wheat that we're eating today.
0: Wait a minute, how old are you? No, you don't have to answer that question. (laughs) I think I'm a little bit older than you, but you're right. Not much. Not much. The wheat that I ate when I was uh, younger is not the same as what we have today. So why is that a problem? Tell me about gluten. What's, what's the problem with gluten? Everybody's just talking today about having food that's gluten-free, and why is that important?
1: Okay. It's, it's, I'm going to make this very simple, okay? Um, gluten is a chain of uh, small proteins, amino acids, and humans do not make an enzyme that can break it down. So when it enters our intestinal system, it irritates the intestinal wall. It can actually cause uh, some damage and opening of the intestinal wall. And these glutens enter into our bloodstream, and we have a response to it. So this is where you hear the term, um, these autonomic responses, uh, or I should say autoimmune responses, where they come from. They come from the damage of our intestinal wall by things like gluten and sugar as well. And when that enters our blood, our immune system has to react to
0: it. So in real simple terms, what we're saying is that the food we eat today, because it's been modified, is not necessarily as healthy as it was when we were kids. Absolutely. And therefore, we have more gluten in our diet, and the gluten is not healthy for us at it harms us. It harms, does it harm our intestinal tract, I assume?
1: It, it breaks down the cells. Cells are supposed to be stuck together very tightly. They're actually called something very simple. They're called tight junctions. Well, the gluten causes a inflammatory response, which breaks apart those tight junctions, and then they slip through from the intestine into our blood. The scary part is this, and we're going to talk about Alzheimer's in a little bit, it also does that same thing to the blood-brain barrier.
0: Okay, and what is the blood-brain barrier? Does that mean the blood doesn't get into the brain the way it needs to?
1: No, it, it's it doesn't mean that. It means that it's an, a barrier that protects the brain from basically things we don't want to get into uh, uh, okay. our brain.
0: I see. So we have a if we have a blood-brain barrier, we don't want certain things to impact our brain, but because gluten breaks down the barrier, then we can have bad things get into our brain. Right. That that
1: autoimmune response can happen there as well.
0: You know, I do a lot of reading, and and I know a lot of people do as well who listen to this show, and almost anything that we have that goes wrong in our body is a result of something called inflammation. If you have heart disease, it's because of inflammation. If you have certain kinds of illnesses, arthritis is a result of inflammation, isn't it? Yes, yes. So a lot of things inflame parts of our body, and the things that we have not been used to eating in the past, I guess, is your main message.
1: It is. Uh, and, and not only is it things that we you know haven't eaten in the past, we're, we're eating a lot more today than we did.
0: Well, like supersized sandwiches when you go to certain fast food places, uh, the tendency now is to increase the size of the bread and the portions that you get so, if gluten or too much gluten is bad for us, um, what's the option? what What should we do as far as bread is concerned? Eat less bread, for example?
1: A- absolutely eating less bread. i I do not consume uh, wheat products uh, any longer. And I tell people what I know about gluten, I, I just I just refuse uh, to uh, to consume uh, any uh, bread. What we have to understand. I want to go back to this again. Is that the human body does not make an enzyme that breaks it down. Since it doesn't break it down, it uh, it it causes this process of inflammation in our intestinal wall. Uh, that is what damages the intestinal wall. So I keep whenever I talk to people, I I keep beating and beating down on on that one aspect because we need to understand that this thing called gluten is this big long chain of of protein of amino acids and it's it's irritating our gut and it's causing this autoimmune response throughout the body i want to just say this the area that gluten causes the most damage is in nerve tissue the human brain
0: oh, that's interesting
1: yeah so we're seeing today uh, lots more a lot more cases of MS, Alzheimer's, uh, you know, and all sorts of uh, degenerative brain uh, conditions. But the other thing that we're seeing a tremendous amount is thyroid issues. The thyroid tissue is very, very sensitive uh, to gluten. And every week there's someone coming into my office and I ask the question if they have any issues with their thyroid and at least once a week, someone um, is uh, coming in and reporting that to me.
0: And I know if you have thyroid issues, it means you can be tired and not have energy and so forth. And I'm not sure what else it does to you. It
1: but. it 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 just affects a wide range of, of human function. So mm. we we're damaging nerve tissue, and we're damaging uh, thyroid. But the other thing that it, it we must understand, is that gluten will get into every joint in the human body, every organ into the human body, into muscles, all creating uh, this inflammatory response.
0: Okay, so we know inflammation is bad. We know our diet is not as good as it used to be. We know that we're eating much more gluten today. And what you're saying about gluten, which is found in virtually every wheat product that we eat, I guess, is that it causes inflammation, it can impact our brain, it can impact our joints, and I assume it can impact other, well, not just neurological systems, but systems in general. Uh,
1: All systems. But wheat is is much more devious than that. And, And actually, I should say, what is being done to wheat is much more devious than that. Today, there is a tremendous amount of pesticide that is... Uh, laid out in in these fields. Matter of fact, uh, to investigate these fields to see the the health of the fields, um, people have to go in with hazmat suits now. Uh, to the, go into wheat fields. To go into wheat fields Holy and cow. corn fields. Wow. So That's scary. the the active ingredient is this thing called glyphosate. Okay, and what has happened is. Is that it has greatly increased the concentration poured on, uh, you know, laid down on fields since uh, roughly about 1990. But very interestingly, in July of 2013, that's, recent. the, that's very recently. Yes, absolutely. The EPA increased the allowable uh, amounts of glyphosate in our food crops from 200 parts per million to 6,000 parts per million. Wow. Let, me, let me just repeat that again. I wanna make sure you, uh, the listeners understand that. 200 parts per million to 6,000 parts per million.
0: Of this pesticide.
1: Of this pesticide.
0: And so the pesticide is used to control bugs and so forth in the wheat that we eat, and the wheat that we eat is no longer as good as the wheat that we used to eat. So the message seems to be fairly simple. We should eat less bread. We should eat less wheat. We should try to get it out of our diets entirely. Do yes, think, Yes. absolutely. What is your impression of gluten-free products in general?
1: Okay, the other problem with uh, wheat is the carbohydrate aspect uh, of wheat. Um, you have the book there, uh, Wheat Belly, by William Davis. William Davis is right. a cardiologist and uh what he uh, states on the back of his book, eating two slices of whole wheat bread will increase an individual's blood sugar more than two um, tablespoons, which is six teaspoons, of pure white sugar or sucrose.
0: The, so, fun- the, the funny thing is, just to interrupt you for one second, people eat a piece of bread, they don't think of themselves as eating sugar, but they're really eating Carbohydrates, which convert into sugar, right? Well,
1: it's it's grain, it's grain sugar, it's amylose, it's uh, amylopectin. A is is the uh, the names that are given to these sugars, and they're very very long chains of glucose, uh, anywhere's from two thousand to two hundred thousand glucose units long. You are pouring glucose into your system.
0: All right, so let me put it in a little bit more simple terms. If eating wheat, if eating bread and wheat products is bad for us and has impacted our health, has maybe contributed to people who have arthritis or people who have brain fog, let's say to put it in simple layman's terms, if you reduce these substances, if you lower the amount of bread or take bread out of your diet, will that help people improve their health?
1: Greatly. Greatly. One of my biggest recommendations is, is removing grains from your diet.
0: Now, Jim, I know that... um, So let me just follow up on that one second. We're talking about grains. We're not just talking about bread. Are we talking about regular cereal also? Uh, uh,
1: Yes, all breakfast cereals. They all have uh, uh, wheat, oats, various uh, other grains. Uh, If you turn uh, to wheat belly, you'll see that um, uh, uh, William Davis talks about uh, oatmeal and how it uh, causes blood sugar to skyrocket.
0: And the funny so, thing is, people think of oatmeal as being a healthy breakfast. You know, yeah, I it, want my steel cut oatmeal for breakfast. That's it healthy. Has,
1: yeah, it has good aspects to it, but it also drives up blood sugar.
0: So I've seen, I've actually tried some of the gluten free cereals in the morning, and some of them don't taste great, but some of them aren't bad at all. Like uh, a Rice Chex product, for example. Um, Some of the Rice Chex products are gluten-free that I've had, and I'll have that instead of something else. But diet is uh, critically important. I guess the old expression is you are what you eat. Absolutely. really true.
1: Now, one of the things that you can do is is people look at the box, and they they look at the sugar content. You don't want to look at the sugar. You want to look at the total carbohydrates because you're looking at with total carbohydrates, you're evaluating the grain sugars as well. So just off the top of my head, uh, someone brought me in a box of quinoa and it was 42 grams of sugar uh, per serving. Holy well, what, what does that convert to in uh, teaspoons of sugar? And I like to to put, you know, things in that perspective. Well, it's almost nine teaspoons of sugar. So I asked people, would you eat this quinoa? And they would say, yes, Absolutely. Okay, would you eat nine teaspoons of sugar? Absolutely not. Well,
0: guess what? You just did. Might as well put a spoon in the sugar bowl and start eating the sugar.
1: Yeah. Uh, That's the, incredible. Yeah, the, the, the better one, the, the, the one that I really like, because uh, I before I understood this data, I would go and pick myself a, up a bagel every morning. And the average uh, four-inch bagel or four-and-a-half-inch bagel is equivalent to 15 teaspoons of sugar.
0: Wow, that's that's unbelievable. <laughs> it's
1: insane. Uh, pasta, the average quarter of a pound of pasta is roughly the same thing. You, you just would never eat that much sugar.
0: Of course, I suppose some people at this point are scratching their heads thinking, let's see, I can't have cereal in the morning. I can't have my bagel in the morning. I can't have pasta at night. I can't eat bread. So what can we eat that will be healthier for us, Jim?
1: I i like the following. Uh, going back in, in nature... Uh, what do we eat? We ate eggs is one of the big things that we, uh, like that we ate. Uh, the other thing that I like to do is, is I like to take all sorts of uh, green leafy vegetables. I saute them in uh, coconut oil and some butter that uh, comes from grass-fed animals, uh, grass-fed cows. And I, I saute that with different spices. And it just makes for a fabulous, fabulous
0: breakfast. Mm. Or maybe we have to start eating more like a cow. Is that, is that fair to say?
1: <laughs> uh, the problem is, is that we don't want to eat like the cows of today because cows That's of today are, are fed all sorts of grain. And yeah. without getting too heavy into it, sure. they're producing a fat within them that is very pro-inflammatory to them. And then we eat that meat and the same thing happens to us versus how cows have always eaten in nature. And this is only in the last 100 years, throughout all of time. What did cows do? What did different animals do? They ate off the ground. They ate grass. Today, they're not doing that. They're pumping out these animals as fast as they can. And making them and as fat
0: as possible. It's,
1: yeah, as fat as possible. But the meat is not the same as it used to be. And this is why I highly recommend people go out and find some grass fed meats. And they're not that hard to find. You can call me and I will and I'll show you how to do that.
0: So grass fed meats and what about butter? I know you have a, a particular kind of butter that you think is very important for people to eat.
1: Right. And I and I put this in in this fashion, okay? If a cow eats grass, it produces a omega three okay, which is a non-inflammatory type of fat, all right? And it stores that in its in its meat, all right? The butter that I like comes from animals that eat grass. Very simple. There's a few stores in the area that you can buy uh, a butter called Kerrygold. Kerrygold comes from Ireland. They only feed the cows grass. You know that you're getting a good butter and healthy butter if you... Um,
0: if you use Kerry Gold, and by the way, we started buying that, and it tastes great. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's just and, better for you. And, Kerry, and Kerry Gold butter.
1: Once you start uh, with something like Kerry Gold, you don't want to go back to the the uh, you know the standard butter that you'll, uh, you you mm-hmm. see on the store shelves.
0: You know, I want to mention if anybody uh, is interested in trying to figure out how to get a copy of this Wheat Belly book. It's called Wheat Belly Total Health by a gentleman named William Davis, M.D. Contact my office. We'll be happy to give you the information and the exact title, uh, copy of the table of contents, whatever you need to have. And call my office anytime at 508-998-8858 because anything that you're listening to today that you may not have an opportunity to write down, perhaps you're driving in your vehicle, we'll be happy to give you all this information. Now, Jim, one of the things I'd like to let folks know is that you do – little seminar kinds of things in your office at 33 State Road in Dartmouth?
1: Every Monday at 7 o'clock.
0: And is there any charge if somebody wants to go and learn more in detail about this important subject? No,
1: I give them this information for free.
0: Okay. But I guess you'd like to have somebody call and make a reservation.
1: Yeah, I, I limit it to 10 people. Uh, beyond that, we're, we're getting asked way, way too many questions, and we're there for for too long. Um so if you would like to hear what I have to say, give my office a call, 508-996-4138, and uh, save yourself a seat for a Monday night at 7 o'clock.
0: And it's free, and I don't think anybody listening today uh, is not interested in improving their health, whether you've got arthritis, or whether you've got cancer, or whether you have you know, brain fog or anything else going on with you or whether you've got too much weight. How many people want to lose weight? Um, give Jim's office a call, Dr. James Freitas, and it's 996-4138, and go to see one of his uh, little seminars on a Monday night. We're listening to uh, Dr. Jim Freitas, um, chiropractor. We're going to come back uh, right after the half an hour, and we're going to talk about Some really important subjects like sugar, carbohydrates. So please stay tuned and we will be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another issue of MoneyWise. And today we have an unusual subject. We're talking about healthy living habits. And our guest this morning that we're talking with is Dr. Jim Freitas. Uh, He's a chiropractor, he's had a lot of experience in studying neurology as well as chiropractic, and he has a very interesting program called Chasing Weight Loss and Optimal Health. The fact is, as we were talking in the first half hour, um, we are exactly what we eat, and if you have too much weight, if you would like to lose weight, if you would like to live longer, if you'd like not to have Alzheimer's, if you have inflammation in your body of any kind, how you eat and how you change your eating habits will have a distinct impact on the quality of your life. So I'm going to urge people to give uh, Jim a call at 508-996-4138, make an appointment to go see him, get some information, or go to one of his Monday night uh, programs that he does at 7 o'clock, and it's called Chasing Weight Loss and Optimal Health. You know, we are a product of our habits, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Mark Twain once wrote, nothing so needs reforming as other people's habits. What we forget is that we all have habits of our own that we need to change. And Confucius once said, the nature of man is always the same. It is their habits that separate them. And uh, the last comment I'm going to give you on habits is a gentleman named Parks Cousins wrote, make good habits and they will make you. Well, the same is true whether it's talking about your money and learning how to save properly, doing a budget, things that we do at USA Wealth Group. But it's especially true when it comes to your health. The reason we're talking about health today is because everything that you eat impacts your health. Your health impacts who you are and everything that you do. If you have good health, you have more energy, you can have more interest in life. But anyway, welcome back, Jim, and thank you for being here with us this morning.
1: Thank you, Ray. And uh, Ray, you know, I'd I like to just do uh, one thing before we move on to course. the next section. And what I'd, I'd like some people to do is if they can dig in some of their old boxes and look at pictures of uh, family members, say, back in the 1930s and 1940s and 1950s, and then contrast that to pictures uh, of family members and friends that, uh, that are in their life today. And the thing that you see is such a big difference in how, uh, how many people uh, today are overweight. And uh, when you compare that, say, to back 60, uh, 50, 70 years ago, mm-hmm. um, people need to do that. Because when you when you look at things visually... It, it, it you know A picture's worth a, a thousand words, so we can talk here all day long, and um, unless you see that, that picture, so dig into your uh, box of old uh, photographs and look at some of the uh, family members from years back.
0: I'll, go ahead. Oh, you're absolutely correct. You know, we've been talking about gluten and the problems with wheat, and people don't realize that wheat is carbohydrates, and it has gluten in it, and gluten is bad for our health and bad for our bodies. But it also converts into sugar. So let's talk a little bit about sugar. I guess there's sugar in almost everything we eat today, isn't there?
1: Um, Tremendous amounts. And I am a student of history. So what I did was I went back and I looked at what people were eating um, in uh, sugar consumption in the years. And I I found some data. And it looks like back in the 1700s, uh, the average person was eating about four pounds of sugar a year. Fast forward to 1890, that's 18 pounds of sugar a year. I want you to listen to the next one. 100 years later, 1990, people are consuming about 90 pounds of sugar a year. And 2009, 2010, depending on the source, anywhere from 150 to 180 pounds of sugar a year. That is a major, major increase in what we see. So again, we go back to our pictures of family members back in the 30s and 40s. Uh, their sugar consumption was a fraction of what ours is today.
0: Mm. Those are really scary, scary numbers in statistics. And, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to gloss over this word. The fact is that there are too many people who are fat today. I'm not going to use the politically correct word and say overweight. There's too many people who are just plain fat. And my goal is to lose about 20 to 25 pounds.
1: Well, with, with increased fat comes increased inflammation from fat cells, which also is various disease states uh, come as a, as a result of it. Um, you know, all, you and I were here in 1975. 1975, the obesity rate was 15% in the U.S. Today, it's roughly 36%. But in 15 years, it's going to be, uh, they estimate about 50% of all Americans will be obese. We are on the wrong track, folks.
0: And you know what the, the sad part of it is when you see families where they have overweight parents and then you look at the kids and you'll see really young kids who are overweight and you think, this is a tragedy. You know, young kids should be able to uh, have normal-sized bodies and not overweight bodies. You know, 8-, 9-, 10-year-old, 12-year-old kids. It's it's a shame. Well, healthy habits are extremely important. So cutting down sugar is really important. How do we cut down sugar? Stop drinking soda, I suppose.
1: Uh, absolutely. Very interestingly, I just saw this week, uh, Coca-Cola has commissioned some scientists.
0: I saw that. Uh, did you see this? <laughs> I,
1: I, I had to read it a couple of times to to believe this. But w- what they are, are saying is that sugary drinks are not the problem, that there is not enough exercise. Not enough exercise. Well, absolutely, there is not enough exercise. But in these sugary drinks is high fructose corn syrup. And glucose and fructose do not get processed the same way in the body. Uh, Fructose being fruit sugar, okay, almost all of it gets converted by the liver to fat and stored as body fat.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the stupidest ad campaigns that I've seen anybody come out with. Don't worry about drinking the soft drinks and the sodas. Just exercise more. That's your problem. Well, duh, <laughs> it's not the problem. <laughs>
1: well, you, if you're here in New Bedford, you, you you better start heading out to L.A. if you're going to exercise that much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, if you believe that, I've got uh, emails for you that you can read that uh, somehow got erased from somebody's computers. <laughs> Well, let me ask you a question. Now you mentioned uh, fructose, and what's the other one? High fructose corn syrup. Fructose corn syrup. Yeah, that's that's a real no-no, and I think most people probably know that. But what about uh, they sugar? know
1: it? They know it, but they they are still consuming it.
0: Well, probably because we're all addicted to sugar. Like, uh,
1: uh, that's a whole other subject.
0: I like um, I like chocolate a lot. Well, chocolate by itself tastes terrible. It only tastes good because there's sugar in it. <laughs> right. Right. Isn't that right? Yes. So what about natural fruit? Let's say you get up in the morning and you want to have a peach.
1: Okay. It- well, let's let's look at the, again, student of history, let's look at uh, the history of fruit. Fruit ripens in the fall. Both uh, m- uh, man and animal would eat fruit, and they'd eat as much of it as they could because it, it's very sweet. Um, and what does it do? It would be converted to fat. And we would we would store that uh, fat. And in the wintertime, when there was uh, no uh, very, or very little food, uh, basically we would be using body fat um, as energy to keep us alive. Uh, I have a tree in the uh, at my office, and every year, about the third week of September, hundreds of thousands of yellow jackets just invade that tree and they're eating the leaves. So what are they eating? they're eating the sugar in the leaves and then, you know, the yellow jackets go at some point, they bury themselves on the ground, hibernate. That's what they use is that stored, uh, fat. Same is true as, uh, look at squirrels in the fall. They're big fat animals in the spring. They are uh, just skinny, skinny rats is essentially what they are. So we used stored body. Uh, we use stored fat or stored body fat as an energy source, So what do we have today? Today we have fruit uh, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Is it healthy for us? It has lots of great phytonutrients, great stuff within it. But when we eat too much, we get too much fructose and we start to build this uh, storage of fat.
0: So we have a lot of things that we have access to year-round now is what you're saying. Exactly. And it sounds like what you're saying is we need to be a little bit more judicious and careful about how often we're eating that.
1: Exactly. And there's a ratio that I talk about with uh, folks between vegetables, because vegetables are uh, primarily glucose, which every cell in the human body can use. And fructose, there are no cells in the human body that, that use it. It just gets stored as fat. But you want to have a ratio of about 80% fruit, I mean, 80% uh, uh, vegetables and 20% fruit. Okay? Once you start getting too much more than that, um, you know, you, you start into this process of your liver starts uh, churning out uh, fat, converting it to fat. And, um, you know, a lot of uh, obesity is, is the result of it.
0: So we need to figure out how to cut sugar out of our diet. We need to figure out how to cut um, glutens out of our diet. What are some good things that we can take, for example, as supplements? Uh, fish oil, probiotics. Um, I know you're a believer in uh, fish oil. Is that omega-3? Is that what that's called?
1: Absolutely. The The omega-3s are essential. And when we look at... Uh, there was a study in 1995 by the Journal of the American Medical Association, and What they said was that if we could increase the omega fats in our red blood cells, and that's how they measure is in red blood cells, to 6.5% of our omega fats. These are the things EPA, DHA, that come from fish oil. If we could do that, there would be a 90% reduction in heart attacks. Well, when we look at the data today, most people have roughly less than 1% of Omega fats stored in their uh, red blood cells. So you know heart disease is, is uh, on the rise, and um, we, we definitely need what my, my number one go-to thing is our, our omega fats is our, our fish oil. I tell people there's a problem with the way that fish oil is processed today. And because the oceans are polluted with mercury, PCBs, and and other things, is that they have to add alcohol to the oil and uh, and boil off essentially the the impurities. Well, what the ma- uh, the majority of manufacturers do of these fish oils is they leave the alcohol attached. And it's not the way that humans have been eating it for the last two million years.
0: So it's not really pure fish oil, and it's, it's altered fish oil is what you're saying. Yes,
1: it's, it's a form. It's called an ethyl ester. It basically, it's an alcohol stuck onto one, one chain of a uh, fish oil. And there's actually three chains to, to each uh, one. But right, again, so it's greatly altered.
0: So if somebody went to one of your little uh, seminars that you do on Monday nights at 7 o'clock at your office. Uh, You could tell them what's a good fish oil and what's not a good fish oil to eat, for example. They're different kinds. Exactly. Okay. And uh, we're talking with uh, Dr. Jim Freitas, a doctor of chiropractic. And he has a program called Chasing Weight Loss and Optimal Health. And this isn't really as hard as it seems to, you know, eliminate everything bad from your diet. And it has to be done gradually in some cases. I mean, we are human. And I assume it's okay to have a, a cheat day once in a while and, and eat your pizza on a Friday night or something like that. We all have to do that, I would assume. Yeah,
1: yeah my, uh, my cheat date is Friday uh, nights, and it's fish and chips.
0: So if I'm ever going to go out to dinner with you, it's going to have to be on a Friday night, Jim, I'm afraid.
1: I, uh, that sounds good. <laughs> i got a great fish and chip place in conk
0: Actually, I love fish. I love eating fish, and it's very healthy for us. So we said that fish oil is good for us, but it should be... Not a fish oil that's been tempered with alcohol. What about vitamin D? I mean, my medical doctor has told me I should have vitamin D, and I take supplements for that.
1: Vitamin D is my other big, big uh, go-to uh, supplement. And a good source of uh, vitamin D is, is packed in an olive oil, Okay. A a oh. non uh, mm. o- o- omega six oil because most of them that you buy in the big box stores and I don't need to mention their names, but they're all packed in these omega six oils because they're cheap they're inexpensive. Uh, we provide people with a uh, oil that uh, a, a vitamin D that, that is packed in olive oil. Now let's just look at a couple of things. My the thing that I like to uh, quote uh, the most is the following. There was a study done from a group called grassrootshealth.net. And what they found was that if a woman can increase her vitamin D levels to 52 nanograms, okay, so 52, they can increase it to 52, there was roughly a 50% decrease in breast cancer. Let me say that, 52 nanograms per deciliter, 50% reduction in breast cancer. Same numbers also are, are hold pretty close in uh, prostate and um, in colon cancer. So for 10 cents a day, um, vitamin D is, is one of your most uh, inexpensive and um, you know most effective. Uh, supplements to be taking, but make sure your doctor orders it and make sure your doctor tells you what that level is.
0: Okay. Good, good hint. You know, there's some other interesting books that um, you've also shared with me. One is also called grain, grain brain. And the fact that surprising truth about wheats, carbs, and sugar, your brain's silent killers. So I wonder how many people listening today would like to live longer would like to have mental clarity throughout their entire life, not be a victim of Alzheimer's, certainly not have inflammations like arthritis and cancer, or improve any of those conditions. And I guess the short answer is that you really are what you eat, and people ought to get much smarter about how they're treating their body and what they're eating, and we don't. We don't take the time in this country. It's like I see people all the time, we talk about doing uh, financial services and retirement planning—it's always amazing to me when I see clients how how many people wait until the last minute and think, "Oh, I have to plan for retirement." Well, the time to plan for retirement, for example, is not the year before you retire. You should be planning from the time you take your first paycheck. You should be putting something aside every single week. And the same thing is true with our diet. But you know, a lot of people are more conscious about uh, diets today and Really, dieting is not the answer. I would imagine, is it, Jim? I would no, imagine it's no, more it's, like it's having it's a lifestyle. It's not.
1: It's not dieting. It's it's that change in, in lifestyle. By uh, from uh, the big grocery manufacturers to the uh, to big farm, um, we have been sold a bill of goods that these processed foods are okay for us. Well, they're not. I just, you know, we have such a rise in Alzheimer's in in this country, and you just said something that made me think of something. There was a study done uh, out of the Mayo Clinic, very reputable uh, institution, and what they found was that uh, high-carbohydrate diets were associated with an 89% increase for Alzheimer's. Versus high-fat diets, and that means healthy fats, good fats, and we talk about that. But they are associated with a forty-four percent decrease in Alzheimer's. So these processed foods, they are inexpensively made with grains, and as such, we're getting such a high carbohydrate, uh, such high carbohydrates in our diet.
0: Yeah, and the fast foods that we eat today, unfortunately, and the prepared foods are just. Quick, easy, convenient, cheap, so forth. But I guess it doesn't have to be expensive to eat healthy. You just have to take a little bit more time and thought about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, when, when you do, you end up eating a lot less food. I eat probably um, at least half of the amount of food that I that I once uh, ate.
0: Well, that's the other thing it's, that's true. Uh, I've said that many times. It's amazing when you have a small meal and you still feel satisfied to realize a little food we really can get by on, and we don't need really big plates. But just think about when you go out to a, a restaurant today, the, the quantity of food they put on your plate, almost every single time if I eat out, I've got a take-home box, and I've got a meal for the next night, because I can't eat that much food that goes on my plate. The quantities that are served to us today are huge.
1: And they, and they advertise you know that they're going to give you more than, than the, the, the next uh, restaurant down the street.
0: Mm. What about fiber for breakfast? Is it good to have fiber for breakfast?
1: Well, I, again, fiber uh, in these green leafy vegetables um, is, is what I tell people is, you know, what they want to have. Uh, because these fibers can actually act as food for your intestine, mm. uh, which is a whole other story. But yes, we absolutely need fiber.
0: You know, there's so much to talk about today, and I don't want to run out of time here. Um, And basically, uh, we've talked about healthy eating by watching what we're eating for gluten. Um, Let's jump over to something called probiotics. Probiotics are much in the news today. And tell me what probiotics are. I've been using them for a while, and you've recently introduced me to a different kind of probiotic, which I'm now taking both in the morning and at night.
1: Right. Um, When we... I like to explain people uh, explain it this way. If we were to um, uh, plant grass in our yard, we throw down some seeds. Well, probiotics are the seeds of healthy bacteria uh, in our intestinal tract. So what we want is we want these probiotics to uh, are these healthy bacteria. We want them in our large intestine. Our large intestine is an in, uh, ecosystem, okay? We need to have um, bacteria there. Matter of fact, just to give you an idea, there are about 10 trillion cells in the human body, but there's 100 trillion bacteria that live in that large intestine. So here's what has happened. Because of the American diet, SAD, okay, and I like folks to remember that, is that our small intestine and our stomach is becoming more like our large intestine. So when we feed ourselves grains, carbohydrates, that sort of thing, we, we, we end up building these bacteria where it doesn't belong. So the probiotics start this growth of healthy bacteria in your large intestine. So that's the first thing you want to do. The other thing I I told you about was prebiotics. So we go back to our uh, our lawn. Well, guess what? We lay down some seeds, and we would lay down some starter fertilizer, wouldn't we? Okay? So what the prebiotic does, it is food for our probiotics. So we need a little bit of both uh, to achieve a healthy intestinal tract.
0: So ladies and gentlemen, this morning, again, as a reminder, we're talking with Dr. Jim Freitas. Uh, He's a chiropractor, and he also has a very unique program called Chasing Weight Loss and Optimal Health. Now, I've just recently become a patient of uh, Dr. Freitas, and Jim has introduced me to some very interesting concepts. And by the way, this past week, I've lost five pounds. So that's a direct testimonial, and thank you, Jim, for that. Yeah, welcome. One of the things you mentioned to me is that I should start every morning with a glass of water with lemon juice in it. And my wife has actually been doing that for years. And it doesn't taste bad. Every once in a while, I'll taste hers. Um, but why is it important to have water with lemon in it in the morning?
1: Okay. The stomach should be an acid environment. And again, I said to you uh, just a minute ago that our small intestine and our stomach is becoming more like our large intestine. In other words, there's a lot more bacteria that are growing there. How do you control that? You control that with acid. The stomach controls it by making acid. But when we eat too many of these standard American diet foods, we start to grow things like H. pylori and candida. These things start to grow in our stomach. When that happens, we we start to produce less acid. By introducing things like lemon water, and what I do is I take a lemon in the morning and I run it through a Nutribullet, and I pour that into a quart of water, and I sip that throughout the course of the day.
0: Nutribullet is a blender? It is,
1: is a high-speed blender, is, okay. is what it is. And when we do that, we're introducing acid, and we're slowly killing off uh, some of that bacteria in the stomach that uh, that doesn't belong there.
0: So is it safe to say that a lemon a day keeps the doctor away instead Absolutely. of an apple? <laughs> yeah. So that takes care of the stomach. So when you were talking to me about this in your office, you said the stomach is the first place that food hits, then it goes to the small intestine, and then it goes to the large intestine. And so if we start out with, say, lemon water in the morning, um, what does the probiotics do? Does it put good bacteria back into the system? Does it go in the stomach or does it go in the small intestine or does it go in the large intestine?
1: Yeah. I, I introduced you to what was called a soil-based uh, probiotic. And what that means is that is more of a, um, a probiotic species that you would have used if you walked the earth 100 years ago. If you walked the world, uh, earth 100, 200, 300 years ago, and you came across a potato or a, or a carrot, you'd pull it out of the ground, you would just wipe it clean, and and you would eat it. So what you were getting was some of the bacteria um, that is that is in the ground. Well, soil-based probiotics are are that. They're, they're, they're more like what you would uh, have been eating uh, a couple of hundred years ago. Uh, the product that I give to you has 29 different species of uh, probiotic, um, whereas the average is anywhere from 8 to to 12. And these are not affected by stomach acid or any digestive enzymes in the Mm. small intestine.
0: You know, people don't like the thought sometimes that our bodies are full of bacteria, but our bodies couldn't function without bacteria, and we are a product of the bacteria that's in our body. So the probiotics... One of the things I guess it does is it puts some good bacteria back into our body, which keeps us healthier. You know, there's so much we could talk about uh, today, Jim, and we've barely scratched the surface. Um, For example, I haven't even talked about healthy money habits, but I'll do that another time. I thought it was more important to keep talking about what your subject is, which is healthy living habits. We've been talking this morning, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with Dr. Jim Freitas from Freitas Chiropractic, He's located at 33 State Road in Dartmouth and in addition to doing all the usual regular chiropractic stuff and making sure your spine and your body are working correctly, he has an interesting program called Chasing Weight Loss and Optimal Health. If you'd like to attend one of his presentations on Monday nights at 7 o'clock, give his office a call at 508-996-4138. If you forget the numbers or if you want more information, Get in touch with me at USA Wealth Group, and uh, our number is 508-998-8858. I want to leave you with one last closing thought for the today. Life isn't fair, but it's still good. We all have problems. I'm going to try to close my radio show from now on with a thought for the week. So life isn't fair, but it's still good. We all have problems. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned again. Next Sunday morning. And Jim, thank you very much for being here and for turning me onto some healthy habits. Uh,
1: thank you for having me here.
0: Thank you.